Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. my Song of the Soul interview with Tom Nielsen. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a continuation of my visit with Tom. Tom has such a rich history with music and so many wonderful songs to share, spanning decades of activism, personal stories, and humor, that there was no way to fit it into a single hour. We left you last time with the song Radiation Train, a song that Tom wrote as part of his activism and concern for the people of Barnwell, South Carolina which is where Massachusetts sent the dismantled and heavily radioactive generator from one of its nuclear reactors. The people of South Carolina had to cope with the radioactive poison dumped upon them, and Tom and others worked hard to alert the public about what was being foisted upon them. That's why he wrote the next song. It's called Radiation, and it's an upbeat song about the danger of atomic garbage using the tune of Under the Boardwalk. We're really quite afraid Want to 
cut it up It's the quick, cheap and dirty way To get rid of the stuff Cause radiation is still their plan To put another atomic reactor under land How do you cope with the really stressful, you know, even scary things that you confront in your songs and with your actions? I mean, I think the reason a lot of people kind of put on blinders about much of this bad, heavy stuff happening in the world is because it's very stressful to sit with the sadness, the fear, the anguish even, that one feels looking squarely at it all. So when I listen to a song like Radiation Train or even a seemingly upbeat, happy song like Radiation, I'm feeling some of those heavy feelings, and I'm wondering how you carry forward year after year facing these calamities. Well, I see I see it a little different. I think a lot of the denial or people's inaction is rooted more in their fear because people put such faith in the institutions in this country, our government most of all, our corporations, 
that for them to question it suddenly topples their whole belief system. And I know lots of people like this who will get angry over having factual information given to them because they don't want to deal with it. It's not the violence I find that they get upset about as much as dealing with the cause of it because if they know, for some people it's like question, it would be questioning their belief in God because you know, so much of God and country is tied in together with people and they don't want to question their country. They don't want to question it to the extent of having to think outside their box, think differently. And this I experience a great deal. But what do I do? I write songs. <laughs> I sing a lot. I play basketball a lot. I do a lot of physical activity. I have wonderful friends. I have a wonderful son. That's good for starts. I don't have any misgivings that anything I do is going to change the world, but I can't not do it. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have fun doing it. I was down in Cuba in 2000, and I was asked to go on the bus with Pastors for Peace ooh, two summers ago, and my son and I went together. And, you know, we had fun. We had a lot of fun on that bus going down and, and stopping and doing presentations all the way down the East Coast and across to Texaco to the Mexican border. And if I can be subjective enough to say that I'm sane, that's how I keep my sanity, I think, is basketball and hiking and music and singing and good friends and good food. And <laughs> Before I forget to mention it, Tom, in June and July, you're going to be out this way, aren't you, including Wisconsin, and I want our audience to know how to find out where you'll be so that they can come and hear you in person, which I know will support you and the kind of music information you're trying to get out, and it'll also help them get pumped to make a positive difference in the world. So how do they go about checking up on you, your schedule, and your music? Well, my website is TomNielsonMusic.com, and Nielsen is N-E-I-L-S-O-N. And they can always come to my website, northernspiritradio.org, where I always include links and info about my guests, so your website will be there. Since you are coming out here, Tom, and you're into playing basketball, I hereby challenge you to a game of basketball, since it also happens to be one of my passions. I play at least a few times a week for a couple hours each time. So let's look forward to that, okay? Absolutely. You mentioned that you like to do spoofs or takeoffs on existing songs. Where do you choose these songs from? Is there a particular repertoire or epic that you choose from? Like Under the Boardwalk, which you use for your song Radiation, which was probably one of your coming-of-age songs back in the 50s and 60s. Is that how you choose your songs, from that epic? Well, they come from everywhere. They certainly come from what I grew up with. They also come from Billy Joel, for example, The Longest Time. I did a parody about Hillary Clinton when she said that we were going to be in Baghdad for a long, long time. But they, they can come from anywhere. I grew up in the world of musical comedy. These show tunes are very ready in my mind to uh, be used in a playful way to put new lyrics to. What I try to do, and like the, I know we're going to play the Jacksonville song, is sing about, write about underreported news, which is another way of saying censored news. We never heard about Jacksonville. We never heard about Bill and Hillary's role in it. We never heard about Pat Costner getting burned out by the incineration corporation there, the Vertac people. Pat Costner, 
was working for Greenpeace, she had about 30 years documentation on the incineration industry. A quarter of all the dioxin, I believe, that was produced for Vietnam was produced at this Vertac plant in Jacksonville, Arkansas. And then after Nam, the problem was what to do with it, and, and they were burning it. Apparently, the cancer rates and what was happening to the soil and in the air and everything in Jacksonville was a, an abomination. And my understanding is that it was taken offline momentarily. I don't know whether there was an investigation or whatever, but I know Pat was very busy at pointing out how harmful it was then she left to go into town one day and came back in half an hour and her house was ashes. The police didn't come out, the fire department didn't come out, and she had a, an investigator research it and he told her that it was arson and that it had started in her office that melted the cabinets. All her research was gone. And Bill was governor at the time. Hillary was an attorney that was retained by the board of directors for the company. And between the two of them, they got it online again, but ultimately they did shut it down but not before many people's lives were seriously altered in Jacksonville, Arkansas. There was no proof, of course, who set the fire, but one can make whatever supposition she or he wants to make about who and whose interest it would be for her house to be burned down with all her research. So that's what this next song, Jacksonville, is all about? All of the descriptions in the song about the color of the soil and the conditions of the school grounds and all that are right out of the investigative reporting of In These Times. It's a song that I hardly made up a lyric to. And part of your point is, again, that we know almost nothing about this, including we don't know hardly anything about the connection between the Clintons, Bill and Hillary, with this event uh, even though Hillary is running for office in 2008, right? You can go online and you can see Hillary's name connected to the Vertac plant in Jacksonville, Arkansas. But it does not go into detail about the uh, emissions from that plant, nor about the fight within the community to burn the dioxin and Hillary's role in supporting Vertac and Bill's role, I believe, ultimately, in allowing it to be online. If you Google in Greenpeace, Pat Costner, or the Vertac plant, V-E-R-T-A-C, and dioxin, burning of dioxin, Greenpeace report, anything like that, you'd probably get old stories from the early 90s about the work around that. So any of those things might give people some more information on it. And even better than that, and easier than that, what they can do is listen here to your song, Jacksonville, and you'll give them the info, which is not being reported by our mass media. So here it is, Jacksonville by Tom Nielsen, my guest for Song of the Soul today. I got a Camelon here, oily orange and black, rusty shimmer in the sun. Forming dry, crunchy cakes A quick trick stack in the cancertorium Oozing out over curbstones Unravel drive at Pinewood Elementary The sinkholes thrive Heavy metals and arsenic The kids eat their In the soil, drinking water in the food 
in the air We're talking Jacksonville Pretty Jacksonville All evergreens hide the killing machine Burning Jacksonville That Vertec plants 100 tanks and barrels Are gonna burn down, down into your marrow And if your nervous system short circuits itself Take another hit of dildrin off of the shelf Drinking dioxin soup with Agent Orange goop And the governor's a contra-drugging gun-running spook He can look the other way But he's still in the loop burning Jacksonville As well as corporation billionaireization And when that toluene becomes incineration We'll be spreading cancer all around the nation Cases of leukemia Do we need miscarriages and child deformities Destroy your liver, your kidneys and your immunities Like we did to you as soldiers and the Vietnamese What the Vietnamese didn't swallow on down You can get at the Muriel Taylor School Ground the city council, Clinton and the EPA Gonna burn that Agent Orange Till they burn that town away We're burning Jacksonville Pretty Jacksonville All evergreens hide the killing machine Burning Jacksonville Pat Costner does toxic investigation And was on the heels of burning corporations Thirty years of work went up in smoke to another industry, our sunration. Burning Jacksonville, pretty Jacksonville. All evergreens hide the killing machine. Burning Jacksonville, burning Jacksonville. That's quite a chilling word. I don't think I've ever heard it before from anyone else. Do you frequently create new words for your songs? In the interest of rhyme. You know, I I do a workshop called Music for Social Change. And one of the things I tell people, or even my son with his written homework, I said, you know, just get the words down. If he's working on a poem or something like that. And when you're writing... If you want to make up a word, make up a word. My goodness, W makes up words all the time. To fit into a rhyme scheme as a poet, it's called poetic license. It's literary license. It's being playful with the English language. That's exactly what our president does, doesn't he? 
<laughs> He's being playful with the language to get his message across. So there's, I guess he and I have a lot in common. So in his honor, you wrote a song called W Knows, didn't you? Oh, yes. Oh, I have written many songs to give recognition to W, yes. And would you say that this song is meant to commend him for his use of language? I don't make reference to language in this one. I have a song about his first election. In there, I have one of the verses, and when he speaks to you and me, he's no linguistic beacon, because nouns are tough and verbs are rough and syntax that he's seeking. Well, what is the song W Knows about, and where does it come from? Sometimes ideas for songs just kind of fall into my lap, and W Knows is one of them. It's a parody of Anything Goes, song from Guys and Dolls, and it just made me think of the strong sense of entitlement that this administration displays, that they will do anything they want. You know, it reminds me of Al Haig when he was in the White House with Reagan. And it was at a time with a big protest in Washington, D.C., and Haig just said, let them have their fun. As long as they pay their taxes, we'll do what we want. And that's pretty much the situation in Washington. And so Anything Goes was one of those very easy songs to write, and it talks about Ashcroft and the losing of, of First Amendment rights and bombing here and there at will. It has a reference to Prescott. Grandpa Prescott, who was dealing with the Nazis until he was ordered not to. He was making money from the, his union banking trust was a holding company for Hitler. I think until June 1942, when Congress had to pass legislation to forbid him and Ford Motor Company and lots of other corporations from doing business with the Nazis. In olden days, his daddy got his way working the CIA. So W knows. Anything goes. Grandpa Prescott, double dipper, was buying the Messier Schmidt for Hitler. Anything goes. The USA plays bombs away. They'll make someone pay for a buck today. The American way is a power play for their CEOs. Search and seizure, wiretapping and spying and booby trapping. W knows anything goes. First and Fourth Amendment's history, due process is a mystery. W knows anything goes. Enron Corporation with no taxation is coronation and. Aberration is administration and infestation of their CEOs. Half a trillion dollar military always needs to have an enemy. Anything goes. We'll bomb Sudanese, starve Iraqis, Somalis, Afghanis, kick their panties, oh. Anything goes. We wear that flag when we go to war That corporate logo is what it's for It's made in prison for Walmart store And their CEOs So if you've got a lust for oil Then we'll wage a war on foreign soil Oh, anything goes W knows Anything 
that was my guest for today's Song of the Soul. His name is Tom Nielsen, and the song is W Knows, not to be confused with Anything Goes, since that's also in the song. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, for this Northern Spirit Radio production of Song of the Soul. Tom, that song, W Knows, is from your Spirit of Justice CD. Tell me about the title song for that CD, since you've chosen it for your next Song of the Soul. The Spirit of Justice is the name of the statue in the Hall of Justice. It's a 13-foot aluminum statue that's been there since the 30s. And one of her breasts is exposed. And when Ashcroft did his first press conference in July of 01, he saw the AP photo. And her breast was there, right there over his shoulder, and he was appalled at sharing his shoulder with a breast. Proceeded. Now, the man could have moved the podium five feet one way or the other, but instead he spent over $8,000 to cover her up. Now, that statue's been there since the 30s, and every attorney general since that time has been doing press conferences there. But John covered her up. So, you know, the metaphor of justice being covered up is not lost at all. And the nice thing about the government is I don't have to have any original thoughts at all with my music because they give them all to me. But if they if they only realized that everything they said and did rhyme, they could be writing these songs instead of me. But you're possibly a better singer than either George Bush or John Ashcroft. Well, John considers himself a very good singer. In fact, you know, you, you notice the number of times that he has featured himself singing that song about the eagle flying. He sings it with great passion. I think I want to try and pull out, Tom, the thread of positive truth, the things that you can affirm, which are part of the motivation for this song that you've written. I mean, it's pretty apparent that you dislike at least some of what John Ashcroft stood for and did, but I'm wondering if you can highlight for me the affirmative values that you hold, you know, the things that make this song really a part of your song of the soul. Well, I think the point of the song is to poke fun at his sense of morality with what he considers important. For example, covering up this breast, place that next to all the things he and his cohorts in Washington have done that are so absolutely, horridly immoral and unethical, not the least of which is murder, because that's what war is. Yet this man is preoccupied with spending $8,645 to cover up a breast on a statue, because he considers that a slap in the face of morality. I guess the positive value, and I've never really taken the time to think about this, I guess, consciously, is um, a respect for the human condition a respect for civil rights, a respect for human rights. This is what I would want to uphold with this song. A respect for honesty as opposed to hypocrisy. The sexual morality issue, which is what John Ashcroft was concerned about when he was worrying about draping the statue, where do you stand on that kind of issue? What are your personal values about that? First of all, whether one wants to cover up or not cover up his or her body is their choice, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, John's opinion is that it should be covered up. You know, my opinion is people should 
dress as they choose or undress as they choose, you know, as long as people are not participating in a behavior or a conduct that is in any way harmful or invasive. I guess that's where I stand on, on clothing and our bodies. Well, good. I think it's time that our audience be able to hear your song. It's called Spirit of Justice, and it's the title track from Tom Nielsen's Spirit of Justice CD. The Spirit of Justice is bust is exposed, and Johnny was in distress. That bodacious bosom is not how we choose a man here. She was standing after us. The lady's a tramp. An aluminum vamp, a lewd and lascivious slut. To cover her shape, he spent eight Ks to drape and disappear all of her smut. To cover her shape, he spent eight Ks to drape and disappear all of her smut. While he's out buying the yardage, the nuclear garbage, the warfare is piling up. Free speech he reduces, surveillance abuses to fill up this oversized cup. We've a right to bear arms, but we can't bear a breast, especially over his shoulder. The biggest bra in the world for this spirited girl. This 18-foot center folder The biggest bra in the world For this spirited girl This 18-foot center folder This hall of justice hooter You can't dispute her Symbol of nurture and strength Of a women's survival Their freedom's revival Perhaps it's a matter of length in his secret prayer meetings, Johnny is treating justice with mockery. Oh, he's in a stick, cause she bared her tit, her mental memory. Oh, he's in a snit, cause she bared her tit, her mental memory. Fear is his ministry, not civil liberty, illegal detentions are in. For him to feel masculine, he'll teach our heroine feminine discipline. His searching and seizure, invading our leisure, spying with wiretaps, pathologically lying and racial profiling, keeping justice under wraps. Pathologically lying and racial profiling Keeping justice under wraps Oh, and puppets are outlawed Only outlaws have puppets Here in the U.S. of A If there's a bulb in the White House Then why not injustice? It's the American way if there's a boob in the White House, then why not injustice? It's the American way. Given that you came of age in the 60s, Tom, I was wondering if you had a decadent life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll before you became a God-fearing folk singer. I'm still aspiring for that life, Mark. 
my sixties years when I was in college in the, from the, from nineteen sixty six to seventy were mostly filled with music, my performance music at that time, which was more classical and sports and the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement and didn't have much time for sex or drugs or rock and roll. I'm afraid that for some of our listeners that sounds perhaps a little too clean cut if not puritanical of a lifestyle. Were you self-identifying at that time as a religious person? Well, I've never, I still don't identify myself as a religious person at that time, I probably didn't identify myself in a spiritual way. I think now I do, but my spiritual self and my political self are such that I don't distinguish between the two. I have the notion that for folk singers, and probably for a lot of musicians, that a big part of their social life, of the people they connect with, are other musicians. I happen to know that the next song you've chosen for your Song of the Soul is by someone else, probably someone you know from the circuit. Uh, Is that an important part of your life, your social connection, that these other musicians? I am a member of the People's Music Network and the Children's Music Network, and People's Music meets twice a year anyone with an interest in folk music, especially progressive folk music, or being involved with people who love music and are working on social issues, might consider getting involved. It meets primarily on the East Coast, Northeast, but we have gone as far west as Chicago. It's peoplesmusicnetwork.org. I think it's an org, not a com. Children's Music Network is an offshoot of People's Music, I do come together a lot with other folk musicians. One of the most special kind of these relationships was last spring when I was in Kerrville at the Folk Festival. I was a finalist there and met Dave Stoddard, who you might know from Minnesota. Then Dave and I met again in Florida where I won the South Florida Folk Festival, and he also had won it the same as I had. And we played together on stage, and it was for me it was such beautiful harmony, such a magic in a way. I was. We were on stage with Nick Annis, also who had won last year, and those types of relationships just fill me up. Well, the next song is by one of your fellow folk musicians, one of the people you might meet on the circuit. It's by Dan Hart. Tell us about the song and your version of it, and Dan Hart's original version of it, and how that came about, and what your connection with Dan Hart is. Well, I haven't seen Dan in years. I met him five or six years ago, but I heard the song maybe eight or nine years ago, I essentially updated it, and I made it a little more specific in terms of it references to people and places and things. Mentioned it to him, he, he thought it was great. That Was the Week is a song about the media. It's a song about TV and radio and what passes for news in this country, which is more entertainment than news. I have spent so many years living and working in other countries that when I hear how these countries are reported about, the exasperation I feel, and sometimes anger, because the spin that is put on the news, Somalia, we could do a whole show just on Somalia. From I, I was there with the United Nations in the 80s. We do not get the truth at all about what's happening now, what happened a few years ago, and what was happening when I was there. So that was the week, was an opportunity to take an idea and and talk about what comes off as news 
in our media as opposed to what might be the news, things that we don't hear about. Could you give me an example, a concrete example, of how the news that we hear reported here in the U.S. differs from what you actually experienced while living in a foreign country? Well, for example, when I was in Somalia, here in the States you were hearing about this drought situation and all these starving refugees. When I was there, there was hardly a dry season between the two rainy seasons. The the commodity trucks, the food trucks, were slipping and and getting stuck in the mud on the Tugwajali Plain. There was so much rain. Senator from Missouri, Tom Danforth, the guy who got Clarence Thomas through the Senate, he came over on a fact-finding mission. Now, I was the only United Statesian in the northwest Somalia with the United Nations, yet I was not allowed to meet the Senate delegation. And he was coming to take pictures of all these starving refugees and hungry refugees, and there weren't any. And finally, in Sabaat camp, you know, they just got a few kids around, some, you know, some skinny kids. They had their mothers take their clothes off of them so they would be naked as if to, you know, the semblance of poverty and not having clothing, which is such an absolute insult. And then Danfer said, good, this is what I came to see. You know, he got a couple of runny noses. He takes it back to Congress, and he talks about all the need to increase the public PL-480, the public law 480 food, and the, what's called GSM-112. And what this food is for is to create markets for U.S. exports. For example, in Somalia... What this food would do would be to go into the hands of Barre, the president of Somalia at that time, of his generals. It goes to the marketplace. It gets sold. I used to buy refugee food. I used to pick it up off the ground because they wouldn't eat the red beans that came, and they would just dump them out, and you would have these huge mounds of red beans. First of all, there weren't 1,500,000 refugees. There wasn't a fraction of that. It was a whole fabricated situation to keep Bari in power to get all of this food aid and all the other containers of supplies that go along with, say, maintaining a million five hundred thousand people who didn't exist. And what happens is local farmers cannot compete with all the free food coming in. So then they convert to growing food for export. And at that point, the U.S. controls a people's food supply because you've got them eating what's called import substitution food coming in. Farmers can't compete with the market now because all this free refugee food, for example, is there. They grow food for export. This happens all around the world. This has got to be terribly confusing for some people to hear this. You learn to recognize the manipulations, the distortions of the media, because you were on site witnessing it firsthand. How do you recommend that just normal folks here in the USA make informed decisions so that they don't add to the problems and distortions so that they make responsible decisions on their own part. If they have a library to go to, most college libraries would have African Confidential, and that's the best source I have seen on Africa. There are other independent journalists, like Keith Harmon Snow is a personal friend. He's in East Africa right now, I think. He has very good publications of what's going on in Central and East Africa. People could come to one of my concerts. Amy Goodman, democracynow.org, is Amy Goodman's show. 
there certainly are a lot of good resources possible out there. But I think right now, let's start with your song, which is, again, the That Was the Week reprise to distinguish it from Dan's original version. And it's by my guest for Song of the Soul, Tom Nielsen. There was a famine that happened somewhere One million people without a prayer But it never made the TV news Cause that was the week Mike Jackson got sued And two lands agreed to lay down their guns Ending a war that could never be won But we never gave it one minute of thought Cause that was the week Pee-wee got caught Oh, that was the week Another two thousand died Iraqi children from our genocide Oh, that was the week They could have been saved But there wasn't room for them On the front page Oh, that was the week That was the week Tomorrow people going extinct Salvation plans drowned in red ink But that was the week The games were starting That was the week Of Tanya Harding Governor running guns and drugs out of Maine CIA planes are filled with cocaine A nation is born away and life dies Buried beneath innuendo and lies But we didn't care cause we didn't know We only saw what they chose to show We got our fix, we're not complaining It's only news, if it's entertaining Oh, that was the week That was the week Monsanto is changing the food that we eat Genetically altering seeds with deceit Roundup dioxin in the earth, it is blighting But that was the week Marv Albert was biting Chiapas is looking like El Salvador NAFTA and the army are killing the poor But that was the week of a Kennedy member Opposite gender Plutonium is soaring Throughout her space One pound can kill The whole human race But that was the week Of Dodie and I And Henri the driver DWI That was the week Of the paparazzi chase Thousands on the line For a millionaire face Oh, that was the week For a piece of the one shot of cleavage or royal thigh Oh, that was the week That was the week Shell kills the Ogoni 
there's blood in its oil. Texaco's burning up forests to spoil. Bovine growth hormone is milking the public, but that was the week. Hugh Grant was lovesicko, that was the week of corporate crime. Whitewash of justice, time after time, oh, we put it off with the turn of a dial. Cause that was the year of the OJ trial, oh, that was the week, that was the year, those were the stories we didn't hear, that was the week, that was the week, that was the week. That song was That Was the Week Reprise by Tom Nielsen. This is Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. Tom, you mentioned your time living in Africa and Somalia, and I was just wondering, uh, you had that experience, you had the experience down in Colombia. Do you like living abroad? How does that compare to your experience living in Massachusetts, where you have current residency? Well, it's a trade-off. I left the state back during Vietnam in 1970, and it opened up the world to me. I feel even though I had my BA, my education started when I left the country, went to South America. I think I, I had I not run into Somalia and the aberration that that was, I might still have continued to live and work in other countries, and I was hoping that my son could have been, could have grown up in other countries. On the other hand, being here allows me to do my music, which is such a passion for me. And had I you know, been country hopping and still working overseas, I wouldn't be doing the music. I wouldn't have the CDs that I have now. If I had to choose, I would take the music because that's really my passion. The other thing I think is a personal responsibility piece. When I was in Nicaragua in the 80s and in Eritrea as well in the later 80s, you know, they each said the same thing, that my real work is here, telling people the truth about what's happening in other countries because our government and our media is not going to be telling the truth, and, and they're right. So I do feel that personal responsibility, and, I, and that's one of the ways I use my music is to talk about the things I have seen. I'll say this, this to answer your previous question because I think this is very important for people to think about. If you remember the We Are the World gang back in 85, was it, I think? And all this food aid concert and, and Bob Geldorf promoting all this and, and sending all this food to Ethiopia. And people don't realize that all that food, once it gets into a country, it is in the hands of uh, government officials and CARE, or you name it, whatever relief organization, has nothing to do with where it goes. They just turn it over. And in Ethiopia, it was used to create a free fire zone in the north because Mangusta was fighting against the TPLF, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. And that food was used to get people to come to where the food was, to depopulate an area, and just turn it into a free fire zone. And then those people were physically removed and transported to another part of the country 
and quit with Oromo people, where now you had people from different cultures competing for the same scarce resources. That's largely how that food was used, as well as to prop up the Mengistu government. I think for, for a lot of people in this country, getting out their checkbooks or throwing a can of beans into the box at whatever gathering point is a, is a way of not really thinking hard about the choices that they have to make or that we need to make as a people, as a, as a culture, as a country, to deal with issues of hunger, to deal with issues of homelessness and where the roots of it are. And as long as we support year after year after year this gross military budget that we have, it kills us at home because it takes away from what we could put into infrastructure and it kills people in other countries because they're the recipients of the bombs. I'm struck, Tom, by how much of your Song of the Soul is about your political thoughts, your ideas, experiences. You said it before, you can't separate your spiritual journey from your political journey because they overlap so much. So, as I've been listening to you, I'm realizing that this is not just some abstract political philosophy. This is your spiritual life, lived out in the world of government, countries, and people. Well, let's stick with the theme of food, more or less, but let's go off on a peculiar tangent. One of your CDs, directed toward a younger audience, I think, is called Root Beer Makes Me Burp. And the next song for your song of the soul is called Roadkill. So I guess that could be a kind of a food-related song, depending on how desperate or discriminating you are. Tell me about that song, Roadkill. <laughs> well, my son was probably five, maybe four and we were riding along, and we went by this dead skunk, and it stunk. And Jacob goes, boy, I'm glad I'm not that stunk skunk. Bingo. That was song material. And it became roadkill. I think, Tom, that there's part of you, even when you're just having fun, you still can't help but include some kind of moral value in the songs you make. So what is the moral conclusion of the song, Roadkill? Well, roadkill in its most elemental bastion of moral value is look both ways before you cross the road. And that is taken much further. When I do children's concerts, I talk with the kids a lot about the songs and what they mean and on and on. Kids, after they talk about every pet in their life that got run over, will begin to talk about other things you have to think about before you do. And, you know, whether it's sticking your hand in the cookie jar to other choices that you make in life and that's you know the greater part of what the song is about choices and how we make them do you do a lot of kids programs is that a primary area of focus for you not a lot people don't see me as a children's performer and i don't market myself that way but i am and if i did market myself as a kids performer i would get more shows but one of my high points was when my son's class invited me to play at their sixth grade graduation because I had done a couple songs I had written for the first grade medieval feast when my son was in first grade and they invited me back five years later at Jacob's graduation to sing one of those two songs so that was a high I love that well that's really some testimony to the effect you had on them from first grade to remember you all the way to sixth grade you must have made quite an impression on them 
Well, let's listen to the song. It's called Roadkill, and it's by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Tom Nielsen. My son and I, he's quite a guy. We're driving along one day. He says, Dad, I'm glad I'm not that skunk we passed along the way. You sure could tell from all that smell that skunk had seen better days. But like that skunk, you'll be a skunk hunk if you don't look both ways. By the side of the road, don't be a skunk hunk of a skunk by the side of the road. By the side of the road, don't be a skunk hunk of a skunk by the side of the road. Now it ain't no thrill to be roadkill, just lying there in the gutter. Got no soccer games, no planes and trains, no corn on the cob with butter. If you get hit by a truck, run or by a car, you got no TV, no VCR, no singing songs and no guitar. If you don't look both ways, by the side of the road, don't be stunk, come up, stunk by the side of the road, by the side of the road, don't. Now if you're flat as a pancake in the middle of traffic Got no bear detectives, no geographic Got no cows or chickens in the house If you're smashed potatoes in the breakdown lane Never gonna use your brain again Never gonna travel to Maine or Spain Or Spokane Lying by the side of the road By the side of the road Don't be stunk, skunk up, skunk by the side of the road by the side of the road Don't be stunk, skunk up, skunk by the side of the road Now Jacob says that old raccoon Ran out in the road too soon And squirrel on the center line Won't be playing in the pine Dinosaurs would still be here If they had only crossed with Keir Oh, it ain't no thrill to be roadkill Lying by the side of the road By the side of the road Don't be a skunk, 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 skunk By the side of the road By the side of the road Don't be a skunk, skunk, skunk By the side of the road Don't be a skunk, skunk, skunk By the side of the road well, I think, Tom, that's about all we have time for, for today's Song of the Soul. We'll continue with you next week when we do your third and final installation of your Song of the Soul here. My guest today for Song of the Soul has been Tom Nielsen last song that we just heard was Roadkill and we'll continue with another one from Root Beer Makes Me Burp next week on Song of the Soul. You can hear this program again via my website which is northernspiritradio.org 
And on that site, you can find Tom Nielsen's link for his website and a lot of other useful information, including a list of the songs on this program. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM Radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at USA dot N-E-T. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.